discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. see everybody. I got to be in the house of the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's 2020 already, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Great things cannot be done by power. Nothing great can be done without the Holy Spirit. It's not possible. It's not possible. Tell anybody it's not possible. Nothing great can be done without the Holy Spirit. Trying to do something great without the Holy Spirit is like a, a child trying to carry a bag of cement. A two-year-old child trying to carry a bag of cement. The cement bag is heavier than you. There's no way you can carry it. Not even in your dreams. Even if you dream, you cannot still take it or carry it. You need the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, nothing is possible. I tell you. All the things that you see being done, you know, around the world by various individuals and various ministers of God and various churches are done by the Spirit. You see, they are done by the Spirit. So it's important for you to know who the Holy Spirit is. You see, it's very important. Very, very, very important. Last night, as I was meditating on the Word of God, God gave me a particular phrase that I think you should know. When God shows me, I'll show you. The Holy Spirit, God whispered to me, the Holy Spirit whispered to me and told me that. He said, the Holy Spirit is the most important person in my life. Do you, do you understand it? Maybe because it wasn't said to you directly, you, you don't really get the input. Let me try and explain it for you. He said, the Holy Spirit is the most important person in my life. The Holy Spirit is the most important person in my life. He's the most important person in my life. Meaning that the Holy Spirit is more important than my spouse. My wife is very special in my life. But the Holy Spirit is more important in my life than she is. My son is important in my life, but the Holy Spirit is more important than my son. My mother is very important to me, but the Holy Spirit is much, much, much more important than my mother, than my father, than my brothers, than my sisters, than my friends. He's the most important person you can ever meet in your life. Wow. Do you see how much time you would want to spend if you are in love? When you fall in love, you realize that you want to spend more time with the person, isn't it? So that the person can be satisfied. Is it true? 
you know, one of the things that, um, for instance, if I leave the house for a number of days and I come back, when my son sees that I'm around, he wants to be around me. And if I'm going, you've, you've witnessed it before, those of you who have come to my house to stay there for some time, you'd see it. If I'm trying to get out of the house, Aish, it's, not a, it's not a small thing. He will not let me go. He will start chasing. Well, it's like he's timing me. If he sees that I'm dressed, it's like, you, you, you want to go out again? No, no, you are not going. You know, there's a certain sense of, um, I want to be with you. I want to be around you. you know, and I know it, so I always want to try and you know, satisfy or fulfill that particular um, longing or that particular need in his life. And in my life, I also have to make sure I'm there. I'm available. Same with my wife. I, also, I want to be around. When I go somewhere and I come back, I want to be home. So that at least they can have me for some, for some hours or some days. <laughs> Sometimes I come in and then within some few hours I'm going out again. And everybody's like, ah, you just came. Now, if we are conscious of trying to preserve certain relationships that we have, you know, around us, with our, with our parents, with our friends, with our wives, with our husbands, with our families, how much more preserving the relationship that exists between you and the most important person who can ever be in your life? I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. How much more that? So the Holy Spirit is too important in your life. You, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do without the Holy Spirit. It's not possible. A lot of Christians have tried in vain. We've lived lives around the Spirit because we don't realize how important he is. In 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 12, verse 12, look at 1 Corinthians 12, 12. The Bible says that for us the body is one, and has many members. He's talking about the body of Christ. He says, as the body of Christ, as the body, just as the human body is one, and yet has many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. He says, as this human body is one body. Is it one body? But then it has many members. It has, I have hands, my right hand. Is this, this an arm, right? My right arm, and then my left arm, and then on my right arm, I have fingers. Then I have a palm. Then the, the two of them form a palm. Then I have a forearm and then arm, forearm. The doctors are telling us arm, forearm. We don't know anything. Hey! So it's you. Arm, forearm, wrist, and then the hand. And then elbow, right? And then this one is your shoulder. So even. <laughs> but at least they suck it. You know, he's an engineer, he's not, if we, if we talk about other things, you understand. But just as the body, the body is one member, but has so many, it's one body, but has so many members. It says, so also is Christ. Then verse 13 says, for by one spirit, for by one spirit, by one Holy Spirit, are we all baptized or immersed, the word baptized is baptizo, are we all immersed into one body? So the Holy Spirit is involved in our birth. He gives birth to us into the body of Christ. So your very existence as a Christian came, first of all, if we want to talk about you as a human being, he's been involved in your life 
of existence in your existence. You know, God did not make anything without the Holy Spirit. God did everything. God speaks, the Holy Spirit goes into action and gets it done. You see. But you let me talk about the born again experience. In John chapter 3, from verse 5, Jesus said to Nicodemus, Nicodemus came to Jesus in the night and said to um, Jesus, no man can do these things. We know that you are sent from God. No man can do these things except God be with him. You know, then Jesus answered and said unto him. After saying that no man can do these things except God be with him, Jesus answered him. He knew what he wanted. He knew, he knew what he needed. Sometimes you add, you know Jesus is God, right? How many of you know Jesus is God? He's God at once. Jesus is God. So if you want to know God, look at Jesus. Do you see? Jesus was nice. Very nice. Someone came to see him concerning his child who was not well. Jairus' daughter. Jesus said, oh, let's go and go and, I'll go and heal him. Meaning that sickness was not authored by God. If Jesus moved to go and heal and had compassion to heal people, then you should know that it is not from him. And you should know that he's willing. One guy who was a leper and had not been around, you know, lepers were not allowed to be around, you know, met Jesus and he, he told Jesus, if you are willing, you can make me well. And then Jesus said, I'm willing. And he touched him. People don't touch lepers. He touched him. And healed him there and then. Wow. So Jesus, studying Jesus and reading about Jesus gives you an understanding of who God really is. You see, he says no man has seen the Father at any time. No man has seen God at any time. It is the Son who has revealed him. He reveals the Father. He is the revealer of the Father. I hope he gets it. If you want to understand God, sometimes you ask for something, you wonder, hey, is God going to answer? Find out about Jesus. Did Jesus answer such things? You will notice that he did. He was ready to do anything for anybody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's look at it from verse 3. I think it would be nicer from verse 3. Maybe from verse 1 will do. What do you think? So that you get to know the story. I just want to say something to you. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, the ruler of the, of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that do us, except God be with him. No man can do these miracles that thou that, that doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Very, very, I say unto you, except a man be born again. So Jesus did not answer him. He did not give him the answer he was looking for. Sometimes God does not give you the answer you are looking for. You will come for a beloved. He will tell you, go and study. <laughs> we are praying for a beloved. He is telling you, go and study. The reply is, go and study. Because that's what you need at that particular time. You are praying for a child. He will tell you, go and sow a seed into someone's life. That's what you need to do. Jesus answered and said unto him, except, very, very, I unto him, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said, can a man enter? Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And this is what happens to a lot of church folks. A lot of church folks only think in terms of the physical. Every single thing you say is always received in terms of the physical. Okay, so this is what it means, this is what it means. So understanding is not, is not by trying to put your, your mind together. Understanding is by the Holy Spirit. You can read the scriptures and not have any understanding. You will not see what we are seeing. It takes the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. It takes the Holy Spirit to make it plain. Yeah. Do you see? It takes the Holy Spirit to reveal things to you. So, when Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot enter into life, he said, he understood it as a physical birth. How can a man enter into his mother's womb when he's old and be born? How 
can that happen? And Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So the new birth is as a result of being born by water. What is water? The water represents the word of God. John chapter 15, verse 3. Look at John 15. I'm, I'm, I've intentionally taken my time. The Holy Spirit told me to take my time and teach these things because they are very, very important. Jesus said unto his disciples, he says, Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. The word of God has a cleansing ability. Do you see? So the, the word of God is like water that cleanses. It says, Now you are clean through the word which I have what? Then Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church. Ephesians 5, 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with what? With the washing of water by the word. So the word of God is water. So that was what Jesus was referring to. I'm sure Nicodemus had struggled with that one too because he couldn't understand what that one was. Jesus said, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. Jesus was actually talking about the Word of God. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, it says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. The word seed is the word sperma. It means sperm. So the Word of God functions as a sperm that fertilizes the egg of the Holy Spirit. Do you see? It says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, of corruptible sperm, but of incorruptible. By the, we are born again by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We, are, we are children of the word. We are offsprings of the word. You see, we come from the word. The word of God is what made us and brought us into existence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the spirit, it says, except a man be born of water, and of the spirit. So I've showed you what water is. Now I'm showing you about the spirit as well. And of the spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So to be born again means to be born of the word and of the spirit. So our very birth, our very birth as new creations came into existence as a result of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who brought us out. We are children of the spirit and children of the word. I sing it. So if you were born, for instance, um, you were born into this world, naturally speaking. That is why you can't live underwater. No matter how hard you are. <laughs> you can't decide that you are Aquaman. And so you are going down. You are Papa Water. It's not possible. You see, where you are born is where you stay. If you get out of where you are born, what will happen to you? You die. If you decide that you are born of the air, so you'll be in the skies. I mean, even when you sit in the plane for some time, you want to land because it's not nice at all. See the plane shaking, go, oh, Charlie, why? What's all this? You will just want to land and be free. You can't be flying into the, in the skies, you are Superman. It's not possible. Because you are born of this earth. You see. In the same way, we are born of the spirit. And hence, we must live in the spirit. So he says that, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, look at Romans chapter um, 8. Let's read verse 16. Romans eight sixteen. 
Follow me very carefully. Romans 8, verse 16. He says, the spirit, you know, this is old King James, so he uses the word itself, but the spirit of God is a person. You see, the Holy Spirit is a person, and you need to understand that. That's basically what I want you to understand. Okay? The Holy Spirit is a person. See, the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's not oil. He's not, oil. He's not a dove. He's not a, dove. He's not a piece of cloth. He's not, a piece of cloth. He's not smoke. He's, not smoke. He's, a person. He's a person. Ask your neighbor, are you a person? What do your neighbor say? You're a person. Yeah. The Holy Spirit talks. The Holy Spirit feels. The Holy Spirit thinks. He has a mind. You see, and if you look through, I'm, I'm going to show you some of them. Okay, so he says that the Spirit himself, this is New King James, so he changes it in the New King James Version. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. So apart from making sure we are born again and bringing us into the new life, he is the one who confirms to you that you are really a child of God. He's the one who confirms to you that you are really a child of God. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are what? Ask your neighbor, are you a child of God? What did he say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you know? How do you know? How do you know? The spirit bears witness with your spirit, isn't it? There's, you, 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 it's, there's a confirmation inside. You, you just know. You just know that you're a child of God. Without any confusion. You know that you're a child of God. John, John, John had so much confidence in that fact. Okay, in 1 John 3, 1, he says that now, behold, what manner of love has a father bestowed or lavished upon us that we should be called the children of God? Therefore, the world does not know us. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because they knew him not. Verse 2, he says, beloved, now are we the sons of God. Now, not tomorrow, not two days from now. He says, now are we the sons of God. Meaning that we come from God. We hail from God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are offsprings of God. Can you imagine? See, I'm an offspring of God. God. These things will change your life if you only think about them very carefully. It's called meditation. Thinking on some of these things. Just thinking on the word of God. These scriptures are quoted for you. If you will just think on them very carefully. You'll be surprised at what it will do to you. It will change the way you look at yourself. It will change the way you value yourself. It will change the way you think about God. It will change a lot of things about you. You will not think God does not like you. How? You are a child of God now. What else do you need? That's the best thing that could ever happen to anybody. I'm a child of God. Are you sure I'm a child of God? If you are born again, then you truly are a child of God. Do you understand? If you are born again, then you are truly what? A child of God. Truly a child of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He was so sure. For most of us, some people think that they are, they are a child of someone else. So you, you think in terms of your area. You think in terms of your family. You know that your future cannot go anywhere because of where you are, where you are right now. Because you look around, you're like, ah, what can happen for me? What good thing can happen for me? You see, and as a man thinketh and is that so is he. What you have, because of what you are thinking, your life will go along the line of your family, however it is. Now, there's no earthly family that is correct. That is why God came to create an, an heavenly, a heavenly family. There's no earthly family that's correct. The ones that are rich have problems. The ones that are poor have problems. The ones that are middle class have problems. Everybody has problems. Is it true? true. Do you know your house? Yeah. Uh-huh. 
You know your house. It's not a joke. So God intentionally takes us from our natural home and puts us into his family. We are now part of the household of God. In John chapter 1 verse 11, he says he came unto his own. Jesus came unto his own. The son of God came unto his own. John 1 11. But his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave the power. He gave the authority. He gave the right. To become the what? To become the sons of God. By the agency of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who makes it possible. To become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. You believe in him. Because you believe in him, now you're a child of God. Then it says, children who are not born of blood. Meaning that your bloodline does not affect you anymore. Nor of the will of the flesh. Maybe your father gave birth to you thinking to use you as the next fetish priest of your hometown. That was his will for bringing you. That was the reason why he, he wanted a son. And you have been born now. Well, God's will for you is different because now you're a child of God. Maybe your mother gave birth to you because she wanted you to be used for something. Maybe your father and mother does not, do not have that kind of idea. But someone in your family has that idea. I met a young lady who was actually born to serve the, the goddess of her town, her hometown. It's a, it's a river god. You know, and they come and visit her every now and then. You know her. They come and visit her every now and then. When she tries to get free of them, they're like, we own you. We brought you. So you cannot leave. Yeah. But the scriptures say something different. It says, children who are not born of blood, nor of the will of the flesh. Not, you are no more after the will of the flesh. Nor of the will of man. But children who are born of what? Of God. We are born of God himself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we are now part of the family of God. Ephesians chapter 2. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. Let's read. Which one do you think? Let's read from verse 19. Now therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints. Then it says, and of the household of God. The word household is family. It says, now therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow... See, I'm not a stranger anymore. In other words, when God sees you, he's not thinking of you as a stranger. I can show what are you doing here? No. It says, this is what amplified. Therefore, you are no longer outsiders. Exiles, migrants. If you travel outside the country, you see what it means to be a a migrant in another person's country. Migrants and aliens excluded from the rights of citizens. No rights. But you now share citizenship with the saints, God's own people, consecrated and set apart for himself. And you belong to God's own household. You belong to God's own household. God has a household. He has a family. And you are part of it. Are you a child of God? You are now part of God's family. See, I'm part of God's family. I'm part of God's family. Now, if, if I'm part of God's family, what does that mean for me? What does that mean for me? You know, there are same names that make a lot of difference in this country. Is it true? You also have a same name spiritually. That makes a lot of difference, not only in this country, but in the universe. In heaven, on earth, and under the earth. That's the same name you carry now. Why can't I be accepted? He says, he has accepted me into the beloved. I'm the beloved of God. Don't you understand? Think like this. It will change a lot of things about you, I tell you. There's nothing better in the world. There's nothing, there's no way. You, you, can, you can try. People have tried. You can try to 
you know, achieve your aim and do things and you want to hit, you want to hammer, you want to do all kinds of things. And you, you have to go through a lot of means in order to hammer. So, you belong to the household of God. See, I belong to the household of God. Say it like you mean it. I belong to the household of God. And all these things, you see, everything else I'm saying is spiritual. There's nothing physical about what I'm saying. Everything I'm saying is spiritual. There's truly a world of the spirit that exists, which is bigger and higher and more influential. This whole world is included in the realm of the spirit. You see, for instance, the world is a globe. We know that the world is a globe, isn't it? You know, some people were killed. Is it Achimedes or one of these people was killed for saying the world was a globe? Because everybody said it was flat. You know, but he saw by revelation. <laughs> Some of these people see, saw things by revelation. He saw that it was a globe and he was killed for it. <laughs> because it was blasphemy. It was blasphemy. It was, what are you talking about? How can the world be a globe? Then later on they found out it was a globe, really. They had killed him for nothing. So if, if we say above, if we point above like this, we are actually pointing, maybe we are standing, because we are on the center of the earth, isn't it? So we are pointing towards the side. Technically speaking, if you point this way, you're actually pointing towards the side. And those on the other side, are, when they are pointing above, they're actually pointing towards us. I don't know if you get it. Uh-huh. The whole earth, okay, yet everybody has a sky. There's no place where you see an axis holding the earth. Where is the axis found? Is it in Australia or in Afghanistan? Where is it found? There's no axis, actually. It's imaginary. They realize that the earth is hanging on something. But what is it hanging on? They decided to call it an axis upon which it revolves. It goes round. And as it's going round that axis, it also goes around the earth in an orbit. Wow. Because there's nothing, there's nothing holding the earth. There's no physical thing holding the earth. It shows you that everything, the Holy Spirit, everything that we see physical came out of the spirit. And it is stuck up in the spirit. There truly is a world of the spirit. And you don't have to die and go to heaven before you realize that something like that really existed. How is your ascent going to be like? How do people go to heaven and how do people go to hell? By what means? What, what, what tube sucks them to the sky? And what tube sucks them to the ground? All these things are spiritual. So you cannot say that your life is not involved in the spirit. Your life is part of the spirit. Even the air you are breathing is not seen, but it is there. You, you enjoy it. Do you see? So, the Spirit of God wants to awaken you to the fact that life is spiritual. Life is not what you see. It's bigger than what you see. There's something higher, way higher. And our new birth introduces us into the world of the Spirit. The world of the Holy Spirit. And there's plenty, there's so much for you to enjoy. But if you don't know it, you will just be there. You will not enjoy anything. You will just be there. You will not see it. You will not recognize it. And hence, you will not enjoy it. You will not have an advantage because you are only thinking in terms of the physical, of what you can see, what you can hear. Nebuchadnezzar taught like that. He taught everything was physical. Until the watches, and the watches gave a decree about him that you will be mad for seven years. He thought he was a king of kings and a lot of lords. Because physically that was what he was. He was moving around and said, ah, me by my own hands have made all these things. God decided to teach him a lesson. That someone exists. There are things that exist that are higher than you that you have no idea of. So they made a decree. You shall go mad for seven years and become an animal. For, uh, these things happened 
live. It happened actually, practically, in history. He lost his mind and was an animal. He was living with the animals in the forest for seven long years. His fingers became like that of an animal. Everything. For seven, and yet his kingdom was not taken away from him. For all those seven years. After seven years, he came back to himself. Then he concluded and said that, listen, there's no God. <laughs> and this is Daniel chapter 4, verse 17. This matter is by the decree of the watchers and the demand by the word of the holy ones. To the intent, so who are these watchers? Who are these holy ones? They are there. To the intent that the living may know that the most high ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will and set it up over it the basis of men. Next verse. This dream I came, the book I have seen. Now, therefore, I declare the interpretation of blah, blah, blah. Go down. Go to the left. So he became, I've told you the story. He became an animal. He was all over the place. Go to the last verse of Daniel chapter 4. This was written by Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel chapter 4 was written by Nebuchadnezzar himself. It's a letter by Nebuchadnezzar himself before he died. It says, Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven. He got to know there's a king of heaven. So you can just be moving around. You think that everything is okay. Everything is not okay. There's someone who is watching you. There are those watching. There are watchers watching you. With decrees. Making decrees. Do you see? Now when you become a child of God, you have have the, the the same authority that Jesus has. Jesus is the king of heaven. And you now have his authority. You must learn what that authority means. And how to use that authority. That's what we say and it happens. Who is he that says a thing and it, and it coming to pass? When the Lord commanded it not. So we say for things to happen because now, we, if you don't have understanding, you will not know the power of words. You will not know how to use words. You will not know what it means to pray in trans. You can pray in trans because they say we should pray in trance. You don't really understand what's going on. But the Holy Spirit has been given to us to help us. I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise, this is Daniel 4.37. I praise and extol and honor the king of heaven. All whose works are truth and his ways judgment. And those that walk in pride, he is able to abase. <laughs> he was one of them. He was the first. Is that the last verse? That's the last verse, yeah. Go up. You see, he, see, he gave God glory. Power. Go to verse 35. Okay. And at the end of the day, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and my understanding returned unto me. And I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored him that liveth forever. Whose dominion is an everlasting dominion? And his kingdom is from generation to generation. Wow. And all the inhabitants of the earth are repeated as nothing. And he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven. And among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, what doest thou? Wow. I said there's a wrong of the spirit. That works. And that is alive. That is, that is functioning. Okay? It's functioning. It is alive. It is functioning. It is effective. It's working. Practically right now. You can engage yourself physically. Make your plans. I want to put this in place and put this in place and put this in place. Haven't, haven't you pl- you've planned for a long time? Haven't you planned for a long time? What has happened to your plans over the years? You can be in the house of God for a very long time and you still have not come to that particular reality, realization that there's something, there's someone higher. The Holy Spirit is there. And I need to start talking to the Holy Spirit. I need to start relating to the Holy Spirit effectively, actively. What's on his mind? You see, the Holy Spirit has a mind. Look at Romans chapter 8. Let's read verse 23. It's nice. We're coming from 24. Go to 26. 
So we don't read too much. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. It says the Holy Spirit helps what? Our infirmities, our, our challenges. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself, this one to says itself, it's actually himself because he's a person. The Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. You see, he maketh what? In other words, the Holy Spirit prays for us. He helps our infirmities of not knowing what exactly to pray for. Sometimes you think you're supposed to pray for your mother, but you're supposed to be praying for yourself at that time. So in your mind, with your mind, you think that, let me pray for my mother. Or with your mind, you think that, let's pray for the country. Maybe you're supposed to be praying for something else. The Holy Spirit knows exactly your limitation of, your infirmity of not knowing what to pray for at what time. is overcome by the Holy Spirit. He says, but the Spirit maketh himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Next, verse 27. Then he says, and he that searches the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit has a mind. He has a mind. He thinks just like you think. So the plans you have, he also has plans. He also has plans for your life. The Holy Spirit has plans for your life. He gave birth to you and he because he gave birth to you, he has plans. Does your father have plans for you? Plans for you? Yeah, if you are born into an organized family, they have plans for you. God is, God is organized and has an organized family and has, he has plans for you. He has plans concerning your life. <laughs> so what is the mind of the Spirit? And he that says that has, know what is the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. He knows the mind. He has a mind. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. But as it's written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But he has revealed them, but God has revealed them, God has revealed them unto us by what? His Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a revealer. He's a revealer of the things concerning God. All the things concerning the Spirit, concerning the the Spirit, is revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, you cannot participate in the 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 Spirit. Do you understand? You cannot be a participator in the, in the Holy Spirit. You will just be a spectator. You, your life, you see, everything is, is cause and effect. Your life will be as a result of something that someone else has caused. So you'll be an effect. But through the Spirit, you can cause things to happen. You can make changes in the Holy Spirit. And whatever is changing in the Holy Spirit is what happens physically. All the things that we are doing now. Do you know we prophesied you here? You think the church is just there? We prophesied, we prophesied ourselves here. Some years ago, to, my dear, you've been in the church for a long time. Was this here some years ago? Were we prophesying it some years ago? We spoke those things. There are so many human beings sitting in various places. We, we spoke them. You think if we had just been there, if we had just been there, things would have happened? We caused things to happen. I, I've believed in what I'm telling you for a very long time. I'm not sharing something. You see, I'm not reading notes to you. I'm not sharing something that I just found out. I'm sharing something I've believed for a very long time. And I've used and found out that it works. It works. The Holy Spirit makes you a participator in another spirit. And hence helps you to cause things to happen. You can cause things to happen. You can cause changes. You can cause changes. You see the things I've been saying? I said so many cars will be coming. You see practically happening. Even if you don't see in Jesus' name or anything... Makes no difference your response. I don't even need your response. No, because I know what the Spirit of God has said to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can, you, can you actually change things? Can you change things? Can you, can you cause things to work? Can you cause things to function in a certain way? You can. You can. 
He says, but God has revealed them unto us by his For the Spirit searcheth all things. Yea, the deep things. He knows all the things of God because he's God. He is, the, he is God. He has a mind. He's God. He knows all the things of God. And he knows how to reveal them to you and what to reveal to you. At what time? To help you. Be a causer, not an effect. <laughs> a, lot of people, a lot of people are effects. Oh, so many people. So this is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. To help you participate. He gave that to you. He helps you to participate in the Spirit. He's been involved in your life all this while. I'm sharing with you concerning someone who is actually in you. If you're born again, if you receive the Holy Spirit, he's actually in you. But you may not have met him yet. You may not understand who he really is. That is why you ignore him. If you don't know he's the most important person in your life, you will talk to people. You will talk to beloveds and friends. You will think that your friend is the best. So you are always trying to relate with this person. You will think that this rich man is the best thing that ever happened to you. So you need to do everything possible to make sure you have favor in his sight so that he can keep supplying. That's what you would think. You think that this school is the best thing that ever happened to you. You need to make sure you are in this particular school to make sure everything goes well and get your degree. I'm not saying a degree is bad. I'm not saying friends are bad. But there's someone who is more important than your degree. Someone who is more important than your friends. Someone who is more important than your work. You can't be running around trying to get a particular job done. <laughs> I know someone who joined a company, very lucrative company. When he joined it, two months later, it collapsed. He didn't know. He didn't know that, the, that he didn't even get one of his pay. He didn't even get it. He left one for this one. Because this one paid more. And all of that. So he, made, he just made a decision. And entered. When he entered, two months later, just when his pay was going to come, the company went off. And he didn't get any pay. He worked for two months for nothing. He lost his job as well. Why? Because he, he's an effect of something someone cost. <laughs> I, don't, I want to be in control. Do you want to be in control? By the Holy Spirit, you can be in control of your life, of matters around you. There are people who are begging, who are, who are the mercy of the weather. <laughs> Understand what I'm saying? They are the mercy of the weather, spiritually speaking. Anything can happen to them. There are people who just die just, in, just like that. The Holy Spirit comes into your life to help you become a participator, a partaker of the Spirit. Go to Acts chapter 2. Look at Acts chapter 2. Let's read from verse 14. The Spirit has no doubt been poured upon us. Yeah. I will never fail in my life. I will be a success every day of my life. How will three years be like? How would three years from now be like? Maybe you've not known about what I'm telling you now. You didn't know about it. Now you are getting to know. How would the next three years be like for you? Are you going to be healthier than you are now? Or are you going to develop a cancer? Do you know cancer? Cancer is not, it, 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 it's not by looks. You know cancer kills more people now than HIV? Yeah. I was telling me last month, 10, 10 of her patients died. Children died of cancer. It's, it's occurring so much now. Like, it is the most commonest case around in the country. People just come. Cancer. Children with cancer. Is that what God has designed? Why should you give birth and your child will grow, get to age 12? I mean, she mentioned, I thought about it. She didn't know I was thinking about it. I thought about it for a very long time. And I got an answer. The Holy Spirit gave me an answer. He said, it's not from me. It's not from me. Why should a child grow? You gave birth to the child. You got pregnant. I'm sure you struggled to get a child. A child came, 
grew at Xavilac, all of that grew to age 12. And then strange cancer just hits him. And then that's the end, he dies. When Jairus' daughter was sick, Jesus went to heal her and bring her back. God told me to stop my will. When it's like that, I heal them. I want to heal them. But because my people don't know how to, because they are, they are an effect. My people have become an effect of what people, of what the devil has caused. Of what others have caused. What will you do when cancer comes to your body? Will, will that be the end of your life? What will you do when you lose your job? Will that be the end of your life? What will you do? What will happen to you? That's why you need to hear what I'm telling you now. You need to live a life of the supernatural. Yeah, different. Yeah, not like every other person. Yeah, when the cancer comes, it doesn't matter who your friends are. It's you. That's why you shouldn't be listening. You shouldn't be, to ch- be in church because a friend is in church. Are you, a, are you a joke? What is wrong with you? Are you crazy? Were you born with a person? Even twins are not like that. Twins will not die together. What are you talking about? It's your life. It's your life. What are you going to do? That's why you must find time with the Holy Spirit. You must find time with the Holy Spirit. You must make time with the Holy Spirit. And, and find out who he is, really. Look at this. It's, but Peter standing up, you know, the Holy Spirit had come upon the, the disciples and were speaking in tongues. And they were, at their tongues was understood by every other person who was around. And almost every tongue you could tell, you could, you could talk about at that time. Almost every language you could talk about was represented in that place. And as the disciples spoke in tongues, the people could understand what they were saying. In their own language, someone would be there. A tree man was there. He could hear a tree. A gamma was there. He could hear ga. An Asian was there. He could hear Chinese or Mandarin or Cantonese or whatever. They were hearing their own language and they were like, ah, what is happening? What's going on? They were impressed, but another group was among the crowd that were not impressed. They said, oh, these men are drunk. They are drunk. So when Peter heard it, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he stood up and spoke boldly and said that, these men are not drunk, as you suppose, because it's just 9 a.m. in the morning. For these are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the, the day. That's third hour means 9 a.m. Next verse. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. What you are seeing now is something that was spoken by the prophet Joel. I mean, no matter what you do, you cannot speak someone's language right now. Fluently. Yeah, it's not possible. Or may has been around for a very long time. She can't speak to Without flaw. But these people were speaking other people's languages. Glorifying God in their language, not knowing what they were doing. That's a very great sign, isn't it? I mean, just imagine if some white people just came. We were all speaking English, and then they started speaking Chi, giving us messages in Chi, in Ingan. I mean, you, you take it very seriously. You wonder what is going on, isn't it? That's what happened in this place. We were all wondering. Then he said, some people said, These people are drunk. I said, No, we are not drunk. This is what the prophet Joel said. And it shall come to pass. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit. I will pour out of my spirit. This thing happened on a certain day and it has continued till date. I will pour out. This is the last day. We are in the last days. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons, because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, because of the presence of the Holy Spirit in human beings' lives, in the lives of flesh, he says, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. That's the first thing. They shall what? Prophecy is what makes you a participator of the Holy Spirit. You can now speak inspired, inspired revelation by the, by the Lord. 
you can speak concerning the future. <laughs> You'd be surprised at how many times the word prophecy is used here as a result of the Holy Spirit's coming. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Yes, they shall see visions. Visions shall come to them. Visions concerning your, visions concerning your future. Visions concerning that which God is doing. A vision is something, is a, is a, is a picture, or a video, or a voice from God concerning what is going to happen. Do you understand? Yeah. Concerning what is going to happen. Concerning how things are going to be. Meaning that from now onwards, they are not going to be oblivious of the future. Because the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to show you what will come. That's his ministry. He shows you what will come. If you knew that iPhone or phones, Android, was going to be as important as it is today, what would you have done 10 years ago? What would you have done when the, phone, when the first one came out? What would you have done? You'd have spent all your money on it. Isn't it? You would have done everything to make sure you sell some. Is it true? You would have done everything to be a sole distributor in this country. But because we didn't know. If you knew Uber would be very important, you would have teamed up, you would have partnered with them to bring them into the country a long time ago. Is it true? So all of us have lost money. Why? Because we, we, are, we are in effect of a course along a certain line. God wants to show, so show you visions, eh? <laughs> Concerning your future. So that you are not, you are not an effect. How? It's by the Spirit. It can only be by the Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit does not just show things. He says, and it shall come to pass in the last, he says, God, I will pour my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prepare, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even those who are old and dying will still have dreams of accomplishing things. Dreams of doing what God wants them to do. That's what, that's what he's talking about. They shall dream dreams. They shall have dreams. Next verse. And on, your, and on my servants and on my handmaidens, I'll part in those days of my spirit. He's talking about these days. And they shall prophesy. They shall prophesy. Because prophecy makes you a participator. <laughs> and it's all through the spirit. Hallelujah. Like I said, these things don't just happen. They don't just happen. Because we are dealing with a person. You see, we are dealing with a person. Say we are dealing with a person. It's obvious. He's inside us. It's, you don't need... Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 9. Romans 8, 9. But you are not in the flesh. Paul is talking to Christians. He says, you are not in the flesh. But in the spirit. Are you in the spirit? Well, how do you know? The word of God says so. He says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Does the spirit of God dwell in you? Yes. Do you agree that the Holy Spirit dwells in you? Yes. Then he says, now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. You cannot be for Christ if you don't have the spirit of Christ. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of Christ. Do you see? So the evidence that the Holy Spirit is living in us is so clear in the scriptures. It's clear. It's so clear. You are not to be asking for more Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is inside you. Okay, let's read 1 Corinthians 3, 16, and then we'll read 2 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Knowing you not know that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you, Paul is writing to Christians, he says, don't you know that you are what? You are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth. Do you know it? Do you know it? Ask anybody, do you know it? Yeah, because it will change your life if you know it. He says, no, you not. Don't you know that the, you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? The Holy Spirit dwells in you. It's clear. It's clear. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. So the Holy Spirit lives in me. The Holy Spirit lives in me. 
if the creator of the heavens and the earth and the universe and everything in it is living inside me, how is, how is my life going to be like? How is my life going to be like? I can only see glory in my life. I can only walk in glory. Can you imagine? <laughs> the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living inside me. Every dead thing around me will have to come to life. <laughs> Hallelujah. And nothing around me can die. Because the spirit that raised Jesus up from the dead. Keep your finger here. Okay, let me read this. It says, What knowing not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost? Your body is a temple of who? The Holy Ghost, which is in you. He's so affirmative about it, which is in you. The Holy Spirit is inside. It's true. Which you have of God. You have of God. You have received of God. You are not of your own. You are not your own. Therefore, you are, he says, You've been bought at a price. That's the next verse. For you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at Romans chapter 8 verse 11. Go back to Romans chapter 8 now. Let's read verse 11. So it's, 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 it's evident through all through scriptures that the Holy Spirit is inside. The Holy Spirit is inside. The Holy Spirit is inside. The Holy Spirit is in me. The Spirit of God is in me. That Spirit that raised Jesus up from the dead is dwelling in my mortal body. That spirit that created the heavens and the earth is dwelling in my mortal body. That spirit that made every, everything in the universe is dwelling in my body. That spirit of God that carried Abraham from where he was to the land of Canaan and made him inherit all things is working in me. Wow. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> he says they know not. Neither do they understand. They walk on in darkness. I have said that you are God's. And that you are the children of the Most High. But you shall die like men. And like one of the princes of the world. Why? Because they know not. Neither do they understand. The Bible says, for the lack of knowledge. Why are Christians suffering? If you are suffering in any way. If there's anything that you are having a challenge with. It's because you don't know something about it. You don't know. It says, for my, my people perish. For the lack of knowledge. It says, for lack of knowledge, my people perish. My people don't do well because they don't know. There's something you don't know. You may know it in your head, but you don't know it in your heart. It may not have come to you as a revelation yet. I see it. Yeah. So if there's any if you are struggling financially, there's something you don't know. You must set yourself up for an encounter with the Holy Spirit through knowledge. You understand? You must set yourself up for the spirit of knowledge to encounter the spirit of knowledge concerning that particular thing. Reveal it to me, Lord. He is called the spirit of revelation. He is called the spirit of wisdom. Show me. Revelation is nice. You know, what you, what you get to know by the Spirit makes all the difference. It doesn't matter what's happening around you. Bishop Pedro said something years ago. This is 19, I think 1983. He was poor, 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 poor. Do you know poor? He was so poor, he didn't deserve all the P-O-O-R. Only P-O made for him. Poor. He was so poor. He was poor. Ken Hagen also says the same thing. You know, before Ken Hagen died, his monthly... Tight. I was a yearly tight was more than $23 million. His tight a year was $23 million. That's $230 million. Was it $230 million or more? Is it $2.3 million? $2.3 billion, right? That, that, that's a tight, right? $23 million is $230 million. Yearly coming to an individual, not a corporation. To an individual, a, a pastor. A man of God who just serves God. He just serves God. He's into praying. And preaching. 
That's all. Helping lives, changing lives. As of 1987, Keneko Plan had dashed not less than 12 airplanes. 1987. That's 32 years ago. He had dashed not, le- not bottle, given out, dashed to people. Not less than 12 airplanes. Meanwhile, by the age of 35, he was poor, poor, poor. Poor, 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 poor. When he was 35. Because he started life trying to make it with music. He was into playing music and singing all over the place, all kinds of songs. Yeah. He was into all kinds of things. You never knew? He has, an, he has a whole album. Until he found God. God changed his life. What are you going to do with yourself? Can't you see that where you are going is not correct? Can't you see that the investment you are making, you are investing in the wrong thing? If the Holy Spirit is the most important person in your life, you must invest in him. You must invest in your relationship with him. If the word of God is the most important thing in your life, you must invest in the word of God. You must invest in what matters. Know when you are wasting time. Know, know, know it. You may not know when you are wasting time. Like you, you, you don't know what you are doing. You think you are doing something very... You are actually wasting your life. You don't know. You are better off. Sometimes it's like prayer is nothing. Speaking in tongues, it's nothing. We'll be here for hours praying in tongues. What's all this? Boys go, go feed dutons. Girls go feed seltons. Can do all kinds of... You'll be surprised. Keep doing whatever you're doing. I'll keep praying. I'll keep talking to the Holy Spirit. One move of mine. One move. You, you, don't, you don't need to do a lot of things. Just one move. Just one move. Listen, Jesus used three and a half years to accomplish the things he accomplished. Three and a half years. The Holy, you, can't, you just can't compare anything to the Holy Spirit. It's not possible. Not by might. Stop employing might. Calculating things. If this one gives me this and this one gives me this, then I can do this. You're a joke. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Will you wait on? If you wait on God, you'll be surprised. He says they shall renew their strength. You see, I was trying to say something. Bishop Oedipo said, poor, 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 poor. You know? So he took his Bible and took a book. One book by Keneko Plant, the other by his wife. On money, on finances. According to the scriptures. He went on a three-day fast. Dry fast. <laughs> what does fasting do? Fasting calms and tames your flesh. When you have eaten, you see that when you have not eaten, you don't feel fine. Uh-huh. That's not feeling fine, it's a good feeling for the spirit. Because when your flesh is weak, you can't talk. Your flesh can't do some things. You don't even have sexual desires coming in a certain way. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. You are slow. You want to just sit at one place. You can't think much. Because thinking is labor. The more you think, the more the food, more food burns. So you don't want to. That is a good time for the Holy Spirit to talk to you. Yeah. Because your flesh cannot block what he's saying. Your mind cannot block what he's saying. He went on a three-day fast. Three-day fast. Not as, a, not as a pastor. I think he was a pastor then. Yeah. You don't need to be a pastor to do some things. Are you a joke? You need to be a pastor before you fast. And if you're a pastor, you're not fasting. Your matter is even worse. Just pray. Lord, show me. And God showed him scriptures. 
Some of the scriptures in the book exploded in his spirit. His poverty did not change for a while, but he knew that he was rich. And that, that's the difference. When you know, God, God seeks to change your mind first. Your mind needs to change first. If your mind does not change, your environment cannot change. If your mind changes, then your environment can change. But as long as your mind has not, you've not sat down for your mind to come to what God is saying, don't think that anything will change around you. You can go up, but you come down. You will come down. That's how the world is designed. You can go up. People get money. They are doing what they are doing. Then something happens. Then they come down. They come down. I know people who have lost houses. People have lost houses. Lost things. But not the prosperity that comes from God. No. The path of the justice has a shining light. That shines brighter and brighter and brighter onto the perfect day. I prefer doing it by the Spirit. Yeah. Be smart. Tell anybody be smart. Tell the other neighbor, be smart. You know, so it's, it's so obvious that the Holy Spirit is inside us. He's inside us. It's so obvious. Okay? And he's been waiting for you to say hi. He's been waiting for you to talk to him. He's been waiting for you to stop and say hello. He's been waiting all your life. Since you became born, he's been waiting to have a life with you. An active, not one that, you see, I'm not talking about something that you start for two weeks and stop. I'm talking about something you will do for the rest of your life. That's why it's a year of the Spirit. You see, I'm, I'm actually talking about fellowship with the Spirit. That's what I'm talking about. You see. So I'm introducing you to the one who is already inside you. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm trying to introduce you to the one who is, is already inside you. He's inside. He's been waiting all this while to hear you say hi. How are you? What is happening with you? Because that is his job. That's his job. Okay? That's his ministry in your life. Go to uh, John chapter 14. Let's read from verse 15. Look at this. It says, if you love me, do you love Jesus? Yeah. Ask him about, do you love Jesus? Love Jesus. The proof that you love Jesus is by keeping his words. So you can't say, well, I love Jesus. It's not, it's not, he didn't say, if you love me, worship, uh, do worship. He didn't say, if you love me, do worship. If you love me, sing songs that say you love me. He says, if you love me. Oh, I'm not the one saying it's in the Bible. If you love me, do what? Keep my words. Keep my commandments. Keep what I'm telling you. Keep it. Look at the next verse. Verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. He shall give you another comforter. The word another, Pasalika mentioned it this morning, is the word alos. That's a Greek word. Alos. A-L-L-O-S. Alos. Okay, say alus. Alus. And it means another of the same kind. Another of the same kind. There are two words for the word another in the Bible, in the Greek. Okay? The first one is heteros. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Heteros. Get up, you should come. Come on stage. Aren't they looking beautiful? Are they both ladies? Yeah. Aren't they beautiful? Yeah. This is a lady. This is another lady. Isn't it? So this is heteros ladies. Another of a different kind. She's slimmer. She's bigger than she is. We can have... <laughs> she doesn't want to hear that she's big. We can have bigger ones. 
by her side, but it's okay. Why does everybody want to be slim? Who told you you want slim ladies? Who told you? Who told you that we want slim ladies? Who is that? Who said that? The guys, who, who said that? Did, did you say we want, want slim ladies? Come, come and tell me what you want. What do you want? <laughs> this is one of our pastors in Tamale. He's a doctor as well. He doesn't have a beloved. Dr. Maso, Dr. Pastor Maso, what type of lady do you want? Hallelujah. Please, um, I don't like slim ladies. Um, I, I like one that's, that's, thank you very much. That's, that's okay. Um, physically speaking, I'm attracted to voluptuous ladies. Voluptuous? Ah! Voluptuous ladies. So who is the one who is saying all of that? Why? If you want to be, hold on. If you want to be slim, fine. Don't kill yourself. Do you understand? Maybe the beloved that God has designed for you likes voluptuous ladies and you are busy slimming up. Let the Holy Spirit tell you exactly what to do with yourself. Or else you make the mistake of your life. So this is heterosexual lady. <laughs> it's another of a different kind. Okay? Uh-huh. Now, when we say alus, alus is another of the same kind. She, she doesn't have an, another of her kind. Even twins have differences. Do you see? Even twins have differences. But what Jesus was talking about was that I'm sending you another one who is just like me. He looks like me. He talks like me. He thinks like me. In other words, he's me. He's me. I'm, so, go down. Thank you very much. Let's get down on the floor. Pastor Eli came, just said something. He said, um, uh, what do you say? I'm coming again. So, it's, he said it. He said it to them. Look at the next verse. Verse 17. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because he had him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Verse 18. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. So who is the I who is coming to you? It's the Holy Spirit. It says, I will come to you. So the Holy Spirit is Jesus unlimited. The Holy Spirit is Jesus, but Jesus unlimited. Because Jesus was a, was a human, he had physical flesh. And hence had to be at one place at one time. But the Holy Spirit is Jesus without human flesh. So the Holy Spirit is here with me. He's inside me. Talking with me and relating with me as though I was the only person in the world. And at the same time, he's inside you, relating with you and talking to you as though you are the only person in the whole, in the whole world. Do you see? He's called the, the spirit that proceeds from the Father. Go to chapter 15, verse 26. But when the Comforter is come, that is the Holy Spirit, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth. He's called the Spirit of truth. He's the Spirit of reality. He's the one who makes life real. He makes you know what is real in life and what is not. He brings you into reality. There are a lot of things that you are doing now that is, is, is nonsense. You are doing nonsense, basically. It will not bring you anything. Nothing. You only see it when it has ended. You only see it when it ends. Then you see that, ah, I just wasted my life. I just wasted my time. I just wasted my energy. So he's the spirit of reality to bring you into things that you should engage yourself in that will help you. 
Then it says, even the spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify and speak of me. He proceeds from the Father. Vasali, come, come. You are there. You are the Father. Bring your seat. Bring your seat. It's okay, so you can sit here. So the Father is always in heaven. The Father is always in heaven. Our Father who art in heaven. Yes, that's the Father. He always asks us God. It's a sign. It's a sign. It's a sign. God is in him. The Father is always in heaven. Always seated in heaven. The Father does not get up for anything. His throne is his place of administration. You know, throne is a sign of rulership, a sign of administration, a sign of authority. He never leaves his throne for anything. He doesn't need to weeby. He doesn't need to do anything. Okay? So the Father is always seated. Now, if the Father needs to do something over here, Pastor Kels, please come. The Spirit inside, the, the Holy Spirit, who is in God, who is the Spirit of God, will proceed out of God to go there, which is God. This is God. And come here and come and do what he's supposed to do here. Now, whilst he's doing that, if God needs to do something else over there, come. Pastor uh, Maxwell, come. He doesn't need to, this one to come. To come and, come and go and do that. No. He proceeds, boom, out of the Father like that. And goes to go and do that one over there with Ome. Come. If he needs to do something else over here. So he doesn't need to call this one. He doesn't need to call this one. Now, is the same Holy Spirit here? Is the same Holy Spirit here? If he needs to do something else here, boom, it goes out like that. And goes to function here as well. This, this is the Holy Spirit. Now, it is not exclusive to only the Father. What I just did is not exclusive to the Father. The Holy Spirit is in, in you. The Holy Spirit in you is dust this. He's a spirit that proceeded. He's a proceeding spirit. So, you can be in one place. If you need to do something over here, the Holy Spirit comes out of you and does that thing over. One man of God said, I don't need to move around. All I need to do is to fellowship with the Spirit. As I'm fellowship with the Spirit, everything will be done all around the world. Yeah. Because the Spirit will leave me. He'll move out of me and get things done. He'll settle this one here and settle this one here. And says, that's, that's how we get things done. That's, you don't need to know many people. Stop wasting your time. I'm cutting contacts. Well, I don't need to, need to know. I don't, there's only one person I need to know. Holy Spirit. He gets things done. He's a proceeding spirit. Proceeds from the Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If this spirit is inside you, and he's inside you, what? No limitations. He's called the spirit of knowledge, meaning that he can upgrade your knowledge concerning whatever you need. Anything. Is it knowledge concerning engineering or knowledge concerning medicine or whatever? <laughs> knowledge concerning metals. He'll, he'll help you. Yeah, I remember when I was in school, I mean, I didn't, I didn't have to struggle. I didn't have to, I didn't have to struggle at all. Because the Holy Spirit is with me. Even if I miss a lecture because of something, one thing or the other. When I open a thing, I understand and start teaching others. I start teaching others. Yeah. I had to too many times. Too many times. Too many times. That's why I'm not afraid of having branches. Because the Holy Spirit will work in there. There's a branch that started today. Pando branch has started today, this morning. They are having a first step. And this is how, this is how it's going to be. Every time. There's a, there's a time coming in our life. Every time when I come to church, I tell you, church is starting today. Then you clap, wow. Then I come again. Church is like, wow. 
Wow. Every midweek, Sunday, midweek, Sunday, you hear churches starting. Yeah. Why? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit told me, you know, after 2009, Witness Chapel Worldwide had about 300 churches worldwide. 2009, 10 years ago. We are in 2020 now, so let's say 11 years ago. They had 300 churches all around the world. Right now, they have more than 12,000 churches all around the world. In last year alone, they had 5,000 churches, 5,820 churches coming. Because at the beginning of the, the year, God, the Holy Spirit told Bishop Oedipo, it's time. It's time. They added 6,000 human beings to their salary this year. And it was not part of their budget. Because the budget was done, I mean last year, the budget was done in 2018, in November. So it was not part of their budget. Why? The Holy Spirit. Who can do these things? No man can do these things except God be with him. Where is God in you? Is God in you? Is God in you? Talk to him. Thank you very much. You see, you don't expect me to give you my abilities when you don't mind me. You don't need me. So you, you, don't, you don't need me. Not minding me means that you don't need me. Is it true? Yeah. If I came here and nobody minded me, as well as a ghost. I'm talking to nobody. Everybody's doing their own thing. Some are on their phone, some are, on their, some are talking. And I'm, I'm trying to get your attention and you're not minding me. What do you think I'll do? Whatever good thing I have for you will not come to you. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gentle spirit. He will not mind you if you're not minding him. Draw nigh unto me and I'll draw nigh unto you. If you talk to him, he'll talk back to you. If you are interested in him, he'll be interested in you. He's protecting you and helping you. But he can do more for you if only you will mind him. If only you will learn to say hello. Just talk to him. He's inside. I told you, I'm not introducing somebody who is not inside you. He's already inside. If you are born again and have received the Holy Spirit, he's inside. I've showed you many scriptures along that line. Yeah, he's inside. Go back to John chapter 14. He says, and I'll pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. And I was trying to explain the word another. It's what alus, another of the same kind. He, he looks, that is why he says that uh, uh, he shall not speak of himself, but he shall speak of me. Do you see? Go to the next verse. That he may abide with you forever. Next verse. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because he seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you. How was, how was he dwelling with them? He was dwelling with them in the person of Jesus, because Jesus is the, is, is the Holy Spirit unlimited. Do you see? Or the Holy Spirit is Jesus unlimited. So he was dwelling with them in the presence of Jesus. Then he says, and he shall be in you. When I go, he shall be in you. Holy Spirit is not his name. What is Holy Spirit? Holy, it's, a, it's a description of his character, who he is. He's the spirit that is holy. But that's not his name. That's why he responds to the name of Jesus. When you mention Jesus' name, it's the Holy Spirit who goes into action. You know, but that's, that, it's not his name. Holy Spirit is not his name. He responds to the name of Jesus. Oh, you say, in the name of Jesus, this will happen. It's the Holy Spirit who goes into action. Jesus, it's the Holy Spirit who goes into action. But go back, go to chapter 14 once again. John chapter 14. Let's read verse 16. Let me show you this particular one, okay? And I pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. Now, the word comforter is a word, the Greek word, parakletos. Okay? Parakletos. It's spelled P-A-R-A-K-L-E-T-O-S. Parakletos. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, this is the first meaning. This is what it means. The first meaning is this. One who is called to go alongside with you, to aid you. Okay? One called to go alongside with you and to aid you. So that is his name. 
And Jesus intentionally used that particular word every time. Comforter, 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 comforter. Because of what he's going to be doing. He's the one who is called to go alongside with you in life. And to aid you. So he cannot leave you. He says that he may abide with you forever. He can't, that's his job. He cannot leave you. The Spirit of God does not leave you. He can't leave you. He's a seal of God for our lives. Ephesians chapter 1. Look at Ephesians chapter 1. Let's read from verse 11 into verse 14. Okay. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after his own counsel, after the counsel of his own will, verse 12, that we should be, be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ. All these things are beautiful scriptures. Next verse. In whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of our salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed. It says, after you, you believed in Christ, you were sealed with who? With that Holy Spirit of promise. You were sealed. He's the he's seal of the new creation. The word seal is engage, engagement ring. Arabon. Eh? It means engagement. He's, you have been engaged with the Holy Spirit. He's sealed with you. He can't go anywhere. So you see how much torture it says to him. Well, you don't mind him. Someone who is to be with you forever. Be in you forever. And you are not minding him. So much torture. <laughs> so much torture. Because he's, he's, there, with, he's there in you. He shall, he's with you and shall be in you. He's in you there permanently. You see, next verse, verse 14. Talks about the seal and the inheritance, which is the earnest, the earnest of our inheritance. The down payment, the Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance. Because we have the Holy Spirit, we are assured of our inheritance of all of God and everything that God has in the future. He's a down payment. The word earnest is down payment. He's the seal of our lives. After you become born again, he is the one who is used by God to seal you. That this one belongs to me. This one is mine. Like the seal on an envelope. Yeah. When an envelope is sealed, it's sealed. He is that seal that seals you. He is that stamp that stamps you that this is mine. You see? Yeah. So he has, he's, he's, he has nowhere to go. He's always in you. He's always with you. Always in you. Always with you. But if you are not minding him, there's a problem. That is why in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, we are told what to do with the Holy Spirit. We are told. We are given instructions as to what exactly to do. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion. The communion. The word communion is fellowship. Sharing together. He wants you to share your life with him. Are you in the church? He wants you to share your life with him. He wants you to share your life with him. The Holy Spirit wants you to share your life with him. That is why he's in your life. He's been called along to go alongside you in life. And to aid you. But the first one is to go alongside with you. Then he can aid you. He can only aid you when you allow him to go alongside with you. That's his job. When you, when you start communicating with him. I would say that Elisha and Elijah walked. And they talked as they were going. How can you walk with someone and not talk with that person? It doesn't work. What are you going to do now? You have to start talking to him. You have to start sharing your life with him. Start sharing your life with him. Start sharing your life with him. Have you heard these, these love songs? I want to share my life. I want to share my life with you. Have, you. have you heard any of those songs? Like any love song that talks about sharing? I want to share my... What? Akosuya. <laughs> I want to share my life with you. I want to love you to the end of time. Hey, 
deep songs. You are my heir. No air. No. Have you heard? No air. No air. Hey! I can't breathe without you. It's a lie. You can breathe without the other person. It's a very big lie. The ladies stop believing such things. It's not true. It's all a lie. You can't breathe without the Holy Spirit. You know what I mean? He wants to share together with you. He says, the grace, favor, spiritual blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the presence and fellowship, the communion, the presence and fellowship, the communion, the communion, and sharing together, and participate. That's the first meaning of the word communion. All this participation, fellowship, communion, sharing together. That's, that's what it means before, it's, before it comes to partnership and distribution and all of that. That's the first thing. Because without that, you will not have any partner. He will not have partnership with you. And you will not enjoy his aid. Okay? I'm talking about the partnership of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about the, whole, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit now. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. He wants to fellowship with you. Talk with you. Share with you. Share together with you. Share, share your life. Share everything about your life. Everything. Do you understand everything? Everything. There's nothing you can hide from him anyways. Everything. This boy says he likes me. Holy Spirit, what do you think? You'd be surprised to talk to you, but he's interested. Yeah. You'd be surprised. I feel like leaving this job. What do you think? You'd be surprised to reply you. That's how it begins. What do you think Jesus went to do in the mountains early in the morning? What do you think he went to do? He went to share with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, listen, the words that you see me do, the words that you hear me speak, I don't... Let's, let's read it. John 14.10. John 14.10. Look at this. It says, Believers now that I am not, I am in the Father, and the Father in me, and it says, the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. It, it says, the words I'm speaking to you, I'm not talking of myself. Okay? Even the words that he spoke, all the words that he spoke were the words of the Spirit. Yeah. How did he get those words? He was always in tune with the Spirit. Always in tune. You know, after you become born again, eh, there's an instruction that God gives you. And that instruction is to walk in the Spirit. Because you are now born in the Spirit. You are born of the Spirit now. You are born into the Spirit. He says, walk in the Spirit. That's, that, is, that, is, that is your responsibility. It is your responsibility to walk in the Spirit. How do you walk in the Spirit? By communicating with the Holy Spirit. By always being in tune with the Holy Spirit. By always talking to Him. And the Holy Spirit speaks to you with scriptures. He speaks scriptures to you. Do you understand? He speaks scriptures to you. That's why it's important you know the word. He speaks scriptures to you consistently, continuously. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Share with him. Share your life with him. Will you share your life with him? He's locked up in you. He doesn't have anywhere to go. He doesn't have anywhere to go. If you are not minding him. A lot of us have made the Holy Spirit sad for a very long time. What, look at what is written in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Ephesians 4, 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Have you read this scripture in your life before? It says, let no corrupt communication. Let no what? Do you understand? Let's read Amplified. They don't understand corrupt communication. Let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth. 
but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others. In other words, every time you talk, your words must come to help someone grow spiritually. Did you hear that? Shit, man. How does that cause someone to grow up? You have been watching study movies. It's worrying you. It's really worrying you. Even when the Holy Spirit talks to you, you use shit, man. In your mind. In your mind. <laughs> Unnecessary jestings. Eh? God, God, God spoke to me about it. Yeah. You need to change your speech. There are certain things you talk, say that are not convenient. It's not correct. That's why you... Where's our spirit? That's why some things function around you. You see? Because you, you, you speak in a, you talk in a certain way. It doesn't edify. It doesn't bring good to anybody. Yeah. You talk, some, some people talk lastly, lastfully. Others talk condemningly. They condemn people. They preach grace, but practice condemnation. When people come around you, they go down. You water them down with your speech. Yes. The gossips and this person. The Bible says, Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. Keep your finger and go to Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. This matters to the Holy Spirit because that's actually what, that's the next thing. You grieve the Holy Spirit by doing this. Oh yeah, you grieve the Holy Spirit by not talking right. Go to Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. King James. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of, are of good report, do you see? Whatever things are what? Good report. Good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Whatever is of good report. The Bible says that love believes the best of everything. Why do you always want to say that negative of everything? Like you never say anything good about anybody. To anybody. When you say, oh, this person is doing well. Yeah, he's doing well. But I know A, B, C, D. One day someone said something to me about a certain man of God. Very holy, beautiful, wonderful man of God. And the person said something bad about the person. You know? And with facts, like hard facts, that like, this person did this. Then the Holy Spirit told me, would you believe me or you believe this person? I said, I'll believe you. I prefer believing you than believing this person. How does that benefit me? You know, he, was, he was attempting to mar and scar my respect for that person. Yeah. By words. Things. A word can just destroy everything. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is concerned about your words. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. Let's read from verse 2. Ephesians 5 from verse 2. Look at this. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Isn't it not beautiful? It says, and walk in love. Tell me about walk in love. As Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. He says, love one another like this. Love, he says, and walk in love. Just as Christ loved this is, the, this is the commandment of Christ, right? As Christ has loved us. So just as Christ loved us, we too must love each other and sacrifice for each other and die for each other. Wow. Tell me about die for you. You don't have to marry somebody and say that I'll die for you. Even the least of us should die for the other. Hallelujah. Go to the next verse. Verse 3. Look at this. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, 
let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Have you seen it? Let me read it again. Maybe you didn't hear it. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Verse 4 is what I want you to see. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking. Filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting. Do you understand jesting? Making unnecessary jokes. Making unnecessary jokes. Which are not convenient. They are not convenient for the Holy Spirit. But rather giving of thanks. If the Holy, giving of thanks is the evidence that the Holy Spirit is in your life. When you feel the Spirit, the ultimate thing is that you start giving thanks for all things. No foolish, unnecessary jesting. Chatting unnecessarily, even in church. See what they did. <laughs> this guy, they're full. <laughs> I mean, how does that help? Okay? It's very important. It's important to the Holy Spirit. Okay, this is the message. It says, though sometimes just love the taste of gossip. <laughs> though sometimes just love the taste of gossip. Christians have better, have better uses for language than that. Don't talk dirty or silly. That kind of talk does not fit our style. Thanksgiving is our dialect. Yeah. It's a message. You see. So go back to chapter 4. So it, it reads from 4 into 5. It lets you know how important words are. You see. Unnecessary talks. Unnecessary talking. Chapter 4. Let's read verse 29 once again. Let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth. But only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others, as is fitting to the need and the occasion. As is fitting to the need and the occasion. Sometimes you have people who, some, something good is happening, something nice is coming, is happening. Then the person will come. Ah, but what about this? Do, do you see what I'm talking about? Ah, can't you just enjoy the moment and pass the comments you want to pass later on? Why do you have to say something bad there and then? Why do you have to say something bad there and then? It's not a good spirit. It's not, it's not something from God. You're killing them. As is fitting to the need and occasion that it may be a blessing and give grace, God's favor to those who hear it. Next verse. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. How do you grieve the Holy Spirit of God? By the first one. Talking right. Not talking right. You must talk right. Then it says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not offend or vex or sadden, sadden him by whom you were sealed, marked, branded as God's own secured, God's own, secured for the day of redemption of final deliverance through Christ from evil and the consequences of sin. Have you seen it? He says, do not what? Offend. Do not vex or sadden. Don't sadden the Holy Spirit. When it talks to you, you know they mind them. You say, oh, something told me. Hey, listen, something told me not to. You, don't, you can't even recognize that it's the Holy Spirit who spoke to you. You think he's a thing. Learn to recognize him. Tell me, but learn to recognize the Holy Spirit. You see, what I'm saying to you is very important. That's why I'm still talking about it. You may think it is not important. You may think I should be shouting and jumping. This one is what leads you to shout and jump properly. Do you understand? Uh-huh. Learn to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Learn to talk to him. Learn to share with him. Learn to share your life with him. Everything about you. Everything about you. 
everything about you. Wherever you go, recognize him. Recognize him. Talk to him. Okay? Talk to him. Talk to him. Share your life with him. And ask for his help. You are my helper. They always say, I'm my helper. Because it's, 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 that's what he is. Go back to John chapter 14, verse 16. Look at this. It says, and I'll ask the, the Father, and he will give you another comforter. Then he explains what it means. So the first ministry of the Holy Spirit to you is to comfort you. He is called, along to, he's called to go with you alongside in life to, first of all, comfort you. You see? To comfort you. He's the only one who can comfort you in life. With all the pressure, all the problems, all the things that are happening, only he can comfort you. No money. Tell the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, there's no money. He knows what to say to calm you down. He knows what to say to help you. We can't say, if we say something, that can help you. The Holy Spirit can say more to you than we can. He's your comforter in life. You understand? You don't need a guy to comfort you. Actually, you don't. When you marry, you will see that you don't need, you don't need your husband to comfort you. When you marry, then you will see. <laughs> Before you marry, they, they try to comfort. But when you marry, they realize that they can't comfort. They can't comfort you. You, you can't do the Holy Spirit's work. It's not possible. No human being can. All the ladies who are looking for somebody who will, come, who will be the one to always be there for you. And, uh, let's, nothing like that exists, please. Are you surprised? It does not exist. Only God, only the Holy Spirit can do that job. That is why you have a lot of broken hearts. And that's why you may end up cheating on your husband. Because you are looking for comfort in other people. You can't. Only God can feel that loneliness that every human being feels. Only God. No human being can. No human being can. That's what the Holy Spirit is there for. So when you realize you're alone, or you're lonely about something, talk to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is my comforter. Talk to me. Help me. The next one is counselor. He's your counselor. He counsels you in life. He gives you correct counsel. Wisdom. You see? Yeah. He gives you wisdom. He counsel you. Concerning every matter of life. Yeah. <laughs> Two days ago, the host told me, do this particular thing. He said, make sure this man does not go away without you doing this. And I was supposed to give some people something, and I've delayed it. The host told me, as I was fellowshiping with him, he said, do this particular thing. Do it. So I'm going to do it. He's counseled me. I, I felt I could push it to another man. He told me, no, do it this man. And I'm going to do it this man. Yeah. Do you see? He will counsel you. Concerning everything. If you don't wait for his counsel, you run into problems every time. If you don't wait for his wisdom, his wisdom, he'll tell you, don't go. One day I was driving. I, I, said, I mentioned this story this year some time ago. The, uh, this story here some time ago. I, was, I spoke to my wife. I was in a car. I spoke to my wife. I was at my mom's and I was going to her dad's end and I said, oh, I'm going to your dad's end. Then I said, something. What? Hopefully, I'll see you. I was like, hopefully, I'll see you. What does it mean? So after I cut the car, I was like, ah, what is the meaning of that? Hopefully, I'll see you. I said, oh, hopefully, I'll see my wife. Pa. I'll see my wife. I'll see my wife. Hopefully, saying, no, 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 no. So I was thinking about it and just speaking in tongues as I was driving. I got to a certain junction. It was green for me to go, for us to go. And you know if it's green, Charlie? We are going, isn't it? Me too, I can drive. So my way. And the Holy Spirit told me, slow down. Just when I slowed down, just when I stepped on the brakes to slow down, another car just came this way. He was supposed to go straight. He's not supposed to come this way. 
He just came in front of me like that. I missed him by inches. Everybody stopped to watch what I would do because it was too close. I mean, that was he would have killed me sharp or broken my neck. Yeah. Yeah, he would have hit my... I would have hit his side. Or he would have just hit me this way. Yeah, he would have hit me. It was not easy. He told me, slow down. I've had that too many times. Too many times. He counsels me concerning what to do. Too many times. Too many times. That's what driving there. He's counsel- I would have killed myself a long time ago. <laughs> counsels me a lot. Yeah. With ministry. And sometimes people ask me, how come... You do, you do this and it works. I've been counseled. Someone has counseled me. Someone has given me counsel on what to do. Yeah. Someone has counseled me on what to do. Do this one. Make this one. Sometimes I can see somebody, God will tell me, God will tell me, talk to this person. Yeah. I remember a meeting I had with Pastor Monty and Pastor Nana in one of the rooms in the house. God told me, call them and talk to them in your house. It was in church. He said, talk to them in your house. Yeah, I was just finished with the Holy Spirit. Call these people, call them and talk to them in, the, in your house. I was amazing at destiny. You didn't have had a husband, you didn't have had a husband. And then you are sitting together. Yeah, they would have gone there, they would have done other things. Yeah, I spoke to them. I spoke to them. <laughs> it's, it's, you should be grateful to the Holy Spirit. It's not me. The Holy Spirit, He's the counselor. He counsels you. Do this one, do that one. Go here, go there. Let me show you a scripture. Galatians chapter 2. Look at Galatians chapter 2 from verse 1. Galatians 2 1. I'm becoming excited as I talk about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Are you excited about the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Counseling you. He give you counsel. Do it like this. Do it like this. Go here. You nag, you go here. Do it like this. Talk to this one. Yeah. Sometimes people ask me, how do you know this person is supposed to be a pastor? Counsel. Yeah, counsel. Recently, I was, I was doing something. I don't know. I don't remember what I was doing. And that's what God told me. You have so many young people who will go off if you don't do this for them. So do this particular thing for them. Wow. I said, wow. Okay. So I'm going to do that thing. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So that we can, we can have multiples, multiples happening. Yeah. And I know, I know it's, going to, it's going to bear so much fruit. God told me, do this. Do it. it came from him. So when I do it, it works. Look at this. It says, this is Paul talking. It says, then 14 years after, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me also. It says, I went up to Jerusalem with Barnabas after 14 years of being born again. Okay? Then he says, read, read, read this first part. One to go. And I went up by revelation. I went up by what? Revelation. It says, I moved by revelation. I went up by revelation. Then it says, and communicated unto them that that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to them which were of reputation, lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. His ministry was at stake, and the Holy Spirit showed him exactly what to do. He said, I went up by revelation. The Holy Spirit revealed it to him, spoke to him. Go up. It is time. After 14 years of doing ministry, he told him, go and go and meet these people. Don't meet everybody. Meet these key people. And he met them, and he began his ministry on another level altogether. He went up by revelation. How do you go up? Do you go up by revelation or you just go up? Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you move by revelation or you just move? Sometimes some people think that, oh, you are delaying. You are delaying. Why are you delaying? Why are you not making a decision? Brother, sister, what's, which one are you on? 
the Holy Spirit told Philip, go and join yourself to this chariot. Yeah. He partnered with him in spreading the gospel. If you don't fellowship with him, how can he partner with you? So partnership comes from fellowship. If there's no fellowship, there cannot be partnership. Do you know what I'm talking about? Acts chapter 8. Go to Acts chapter 8. Let's read from verse 29. This is what I want to say. But then let's read from verse 26 so that it makes more sense. Okay? Now, Philip, was, Philip had had a very great revival happening in, in Samaria. A lot of people had given their lives to Christ. The whole city had given their lives. Everybody was, I mean, miracles, signs, wonders was happening. And the angel of the Lord speak unto Philip. Which, who is the angel of the Lord? The Holy Spirit. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Just a different name. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip. Meaning that Philip was accustomed to listening to the Holy Spirit. He was accustomed to listening to the Holy Spirit in small matters. In little, little matters. So big matters could be, was not, was not going to be a problem. It was clear. I mean, and the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip saying, Arise and go toward, go toward the south, into the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza. Which is the desert. Will you go? You won't go. Because you're having a lot of wonderful things happening in this particular city. You would want to stay in that city forever. Or what do you think? <laughs> Let me say something about Pastor Chris. I follow Pastor Chris a lot. I love him. You know, he had great meetings in Nigeria. He had a meeting where, one, was it 3 million or 1.5 million people? 3 million, right? There were 3.5 million human beings in one meeting. In 2008 or so. 2009, 2007, 2008, 2009, one of them. Do you understand? 3.5 3. million human beings. Lagos was, was at the Lagos Baden uh, Express Road was at a standstill for two weeks. Too many people. Nobody could go and come. At the whole of Accra got dead. Something like that. 3.5 million people. Plenty. What will you do another meeting like that the following year? You do so many times, isn't it? So twice every year. Because the people will come. The people are ready to come. They are ready to come. Every six months you do something. Or but after that meeting, the host told him, don't have any meeting here again. Like this. Go to South Africa. And there's nothing in South Africa. And you obeyed. Now, to hear that from the Spirit, in the midst of, in the midst of your success, hey. amen. it takes fellowship with the Spirit. It takes intimacy with the Spirit to be able to hear some things. Or else you go, you think that, oh, everything is fine. We are going, we are going. And that will be your end. That will be your end. Told him, go to South Africa. He gathered his tools and went to South Africa. Guess what? He blew South Africa open. And his last meeting in South Africa, there were more than 500,000 people in it. In South Af- if you've been to South Africa, you understand what I'm saying now. You have to go to know. You have to go. When you go, you understand. Try planting a church that you see. It's not a they don't. They don't do some things. Sunday is a holiday. Nobody's going to church. So to have 500,000 human beings gather. And I want to, when he, when he, after he got to that point, God told me, leave, leave here and go to America. He said, okay, so this is the, my last meeting here. Now, though it was, the meetings were now becoming nicer. He said, this is my last meeting here. I'm not going to have a meet, any meeting like this. This was about five years ago. Oh, 2016. Yeah, 2000, that's three years ago. This is my last meeting in January like this. But the, the, the year he came here first. Uh-huh. That same year, he had a meeting in South Africa before coming here. God told him, that was your, that's your last meeting there. So he said, oh, this is my last meeting here. I've done some. Let other people also continue. Whoever wants to take over, should take over. And he left. Today he's bigger 
than he was when he was, when he was in South Africa, than when he was in Nigeria. He's doing his meeting, most meetings in America now. As for UK, I mean, when he has more than 15,000 people gather for a normal meeting, like, oh, we are, we are just saying hi, hello. <laughs> not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. I'm just, your success, the Holy Spirit can take you from one level of success to the other, to the other, to the other, to the other, to the other. To the other. That's, that's his job. He's called alongside you to go with you in, in life and to aid you, to help you, to counsel you. That's his job, to counsel you, to help you. Okay? Go to verse 20, 29, where we wanted to read. So Philip went because he had fellowship with the Holy Spirit. He had fellowship. The Holy Spirit speaks. He speaks. If you don't have fellowship with him, Charlie, when he's talking, you say, oh, somebody, something is talking. What's, all the, what's this thing that I'm feeling? No, 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 this one. Look at this. When he went there, so he went where the Holy Spirit wanted him to go. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, the Holy Spirit said. The Holy Spirit has a mouth. He talks. He said unto Philip, go near and join thyself to this child. This is how the gospel got to Africa. By someone. It came through someone's fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. There are too many great things. Waiting. I'm just wondering what the Holy Spirit will be doing with your life. It won't take him time at all. You think it will take so long? No, it won't take him time at all. It won't take him time at all. At all. No matter how, which corner you are in, the Holy Spirit can take you from there and take you all around the world. <laughs> he take you all around the world, I tell you. Are you ready? Yeah. yeah. So what are you going to do? Ask anybody what are you going to do? What do your neighbor say? Hmm? I'm going to talk to the Holy Spirit, okay? Yeah. Recognize him. Recognize his ministry in your life. You're my counselor. You're my comforter. Comfort me. Counsel, give me counsel concerning this. So you talk to him. Give me counsel concerning this. Give me counsel concerning this job that I'm going to do. Give me counsel concerning it. What do you think I should do? Go back to John chapter 14 verse 16. Amplified. You see, counselor. Then he says helper. Helper makes it so generic. Helper in everything. Anything, everything you need. Helper is too big. Do you need help in life? I don't know what type of help you need. But the Holy Spirit is all kinds of help to you. Every type of help that you need. Every type of help. Can you imagine? Every type. He can help your business. He can help your business. All you need to do is to recognize his ministry. By saying to him, you are my helper. Help me in this. There was one woman who started hearing about some of these things and wanted to put it in, into practice. And you must, you must start doing that. Start putting it into practice, okay? That's how, you, that's how you go. Start putting it into practice. So she decided to put it in practice. She was doing a garden, you know, and you know that you do, uh, they do, is it hedges? No, um, beds, right? Yeah, so she was doing a bed, you know, on the, on the ground. You know, so she, she heaped the sun doing the bed. When she finished doing that one and she looked up, three more had been made. Yeah, because when she was going to start, she asked the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me make the bed. So as she was doing it, and she looked up, three more had been made. <gasps> then she recognized the Holy Spirit for it. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you have done. Help me do more. And he did this. As he was doing the second, when he lifted up, another three had been done. Yeah. So he, he's a multiplying spirit. He multiplies you. It doesn't matter what it says. I don't know what help you need. What type of help you need. Yeah, I don't know what type. I don't know. I always ask him to help me in ministry. Help me what I'm going to do. When I come to talk, I ask him, dear Holy Spirit, help me talk. I don't know what I'm going to say. You know what to say. Talk through me. Change lives through me. 
My mouth is yours. My hands are yours. Yeah. Change lives to me. I think it's working. Yeah. I think it's working. Yeah. You can talk to him about your business. You can talk to him about your relationship, about your marriage, about your children, about your car, about everything concerning your life. And watch him go to work. Yeah. When you, when you acknowledge your need of him, you, 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 you kill him. You have spoiled your kiss. Yeah. Because he's there, he's called to go with you and to aid you. So when you say, I need you, I need you to help me with this. Aish. Like you're recognizing him. You see? Uh-huh. You're recognizing him. He's your advocate. He's your lawyer. You can't get into any trouble because of him. Yeah. Not just on earth, but also in heaven. He's your lawyer in heaven as well. In the heavens, he speaks on your behalf. Then he's your strengthener. When you're out of strength, physically, he's talking about physical strength, spiritual strength, emotional strength, all kinds of strength. He strengthens you. And he's your standby. When, it's like a standby generator. When you're off, 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 off. In other words, he can get the job done even when you're not doing anything. It's another powerful ministry of the Holy Spirit. You are not doing anything, but you do everything. That's a proceeding aspect. You see, he proceeds to get things done. Tell him, Holy Spirit, I'm too tired. Please get it done for me. And he's he gathers people. I'll show you all those things. When I start talking about partnership with the Holy Spirit, he's a partner in gathering. All those of you who are leaders, you don't just gather with your mouth and with your leg and with your, with your trotro moving around. Okay, I'm picking you up on Sunday. I'm picking you up on Sunday. They will all disappoint you. They will all disappoint you. When you touch their door, you tell the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, talk to these people. Bring them on Sunday morning. And then you leave. Touch their bed. Dear Holy Spirit, the one who's sleeping on this bed, talk to him on the left and talk to him on the right. <laughs> Let him know how peace until he has showed up on Sunday. Yeah. If you acknowledge him in, your, in what you are doing, whatever you are doing, he will help you. That's his job. That is his job. That is his job. Do you love the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, it is more expedient for you. John chapter 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is more what? It is expedient. The word expedient is advantageous. It is more advantageous for you that I go away. Let's read the Amplified. Amplified is nice. However, I'm telling you nothing but the truth when I say it is profitable. It is good. It is expedient. It is advantageous. It is good that I go away. It's more advantageous for you that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener, the standby will not come to you into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. To be in close fellowship with you. So our best advantage was that Jesus is gone. For Jesus to go. Jesus had to leave so that the Holy Spirit will come. So that you can have Jesus be with you every day. The disciples don't have that. Jesus can be with you every time. In your sleeping. In your waking. In every single thing that you do, he can be with you through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you going to fellowship with the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Say, I'll fellowship with the Holy Spirit. This is all you need to do this year. There's only one thing to do this year. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit through the word. Okay? If you do that, there's no telling. The telling one will happen. Live in your life. Live. He's a specialist of that. Of getting a lot of things done for you. Just imagine. If God does not function without him, how much more you? Rise up on your feet and just thank God for what he has shared with you. 
the speed of the Holy Ghost. The speed of the Holy Ghost. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless you.